0: in that coffin. You know, there isn't just a dead body in there. There might also be... Oh, the lid's coming off. Now we can see inside.
1: W.O.R. presents the distinguished American actor, Walter Hamden, in The Adventures of Leonidas Witherall. Leonidas Witherell's always getting mixed up in murders. You wouldn't think so. He looks just like Shakespeare.
0: It's his beard, and he's head of an important school for boys in New England. He
2: also writes thriller stories on the side, the Lieutenant Hazeltine story.
1: And as director of a school, Leonidas has been called to Chicago for an educator's convention. Hasn't he, Mr. Hamden? Yes, in his home at Forty Birch Hill Road, Dalton, Bill Shakespeare, as his friends call him, is about to leave for the railroad station, Valise, Pansnay, Beard, and all. And he's to be accompanied by the neighborhood housekeeper, the indomitable Mrs. Mullet.
0: Forget anything, Mr. Witherall? No, oh,
1: I remembered everything, Mrs. Mullet. How about you?
0: Oh, I brought everything with me when I came to work this morning. I'm
1: still amazed at our good luck in getting Professor Murky's reservation for you. Too, too bad he's ill, of course.
0: My sister will be so surprised to see me. Poor thing, she's so sick.
1: Come on, we've just a few minutes to get to the station. Uh, not that I'm anxious to be at the convention. Well,
0: what's a convention like?
1: Well, a man says nothing, uh, nobody listens, and uh, then everybody disagrees.
0: Hmm, must be interesting.
1: Uh huh.
0: Your delegation using the whole car?
1: No, uh, just half of it. Uh, shall we go? The train yeah. leaves at four twenty, and it's four o'clock now. I'll take all the baggage.
0: Ah. Well, I can take these small things there's some nice chummy folks on the train. Wonder who the other passengers will
1: be. Well, Sparrow, where's the dough? I'll give it to you on the train, Danny. You've been stolen me, Sparrow. It's almost five weeks. This time it's the McCoy, Danny. You'll get it. When's the book going to be published? In about a month. Did you change the manuscript? No. Just the way I wrote it, huh? Just the way I wrote it, you mean. Yeah, you wrote it. Like Mahatma Gandhi, you wrote it. We went into that, Danny. Too many times. I got the manuscript. You stole it. Why'd you get so technical? I gave it to the publisher. Margie swore I wrote it. It's an open and shot case, ain't it? Margie double-crossed me. She knows it's my script. She helped me work on it. You using the same title for the book? Sure. The Big Shot. That's it. The Big Shot. It's a very hot piece of literature, Danny. When the great guy himself gets a look at that book, he's liable to blow his top.
3: Yeah. Or yours.
1: I'm taking that chance. It's worth it to get back at him. Every racket of his, every job he ever pulled, it's all in there in that book. The book I sweated over. You'll get paid, don't worry. you just be on that train, the 420 for Chicago. And if I don't get it then, Sparrow, I'm going to cut your heart out. I know, I know. I'd kind of like to do it anyway. Just be on the train. You'll get the payoff there. So long. <laughs> You'll get the payoff, all right. The final payoff. off. <laughs> Track eight, the commander for Chicago. Track eight,
0: the commander for Chicago. It's 4.20, Mr. Witherall. Why doesn't the train leave?
1: Uh, Look out on the platform, Mrs. Mullett, and you'll find the answer. See the men out there?
0: Oh, yeah. Say, that's a funeral. Well,
1: sort of. Uh, They look sad. Uh, That's what's delaying us.
0: Poor fellas. that the dead man was a good friend of theirs that looks so sad.
1: They're putting the coffin into the baggage car now. It won't be long.
0: Just my luck to be on a train with a coffin. They say it's very bad luck.
1: Cracky! The commander for Chicago! Cracky! The commander for Chicago! Easy now, rep Easy, don't drop it. Look sad, you dope. Look sad. This is supposed to be a funeral. Yes. Yeah. I never thought a coffin weighed so much. All right, slide it on the wagon. The guys will roll it all into right. the baggage car. Now, here we go.
3: Hey, listen, Benny. Eh? Why'd the boss want to pull the job this way? Ain't this an awful screwy way to do it? He said it's the only way,
2: and we got to do it. For the more, We can't miss either. After the coffin's in the baggage car, I got the whole plan doped out. It's a good thing you got strong noise. Yeah, Man, it's so hard. I take these things for granted. Besides... Brain says if I miss, it's gonna be awful sad for me.
1: Hey, they got the coffin inside.
2: Yeah, yeah, I better get on there. Believe him.
1: Goodbye, everybody. Let me see. The commander
3: for Chicago. Hey, Benny. Hey, Benny. Don't forget the baby we're after is in compartment six, car five.
2: Yeah, I know. Force is on car five too. Goodbye. Goodbye, Red.
1: You're gonna sit here by the coffin, Mister?
2: Yeah, I'm the guy.
1: Going to ride to Chicago with a stiff. (laughs) Nice company I pick, huh?
4: (laughs) Well, if you've any time free from the convention in Chicago, Mr. Witherell, just drop over and see my collection. Finest butterfly collection in the Middle West.
1: Yes, Mr. Lear, I'll be all aflutter to see it.
4: (sighs) My, it's late, isn't it? And here I've been talking almost forever to you and Mrs. Muller.
1: Oh, not forever, Mr. Lear. Just seems that way.
4: <laughs> well, it was a real pleasure to make your acquaintance. Mrs. Muller? Good night, Mr. Lear. Mr. Witherell? Good night. I, uh, <laughs> I'm going back to the observation car. I always take ten deep breaths of pure air before I go to bed. Huh? Puts new oxygen in the lungs. Oh. Uh, see you in the morning.
3: Help you with the compartment, sir?
1: Yes, Porter, thank you.
0: Well, I'd better be going to my compartment, too. I'll be in number four, you know. Then there's the one next door to here, That's six. Uh, This one's number eight, isn't it? That's right, right, right.
3: ma'am. I'll make up number four, ma'am. Be back soon.
0: Listen, Mr. Witherall. You hear the next door, number six? Why, their arguments aloud comes right through the wall. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay, so I double-crossed you, so what?
0: You low-down rat.
1: Evidently, they're not honeymooners. Go on, tell the police. You wouldn't get the first base. The big shot's going to be printed. I'm the guy that wrote it as far as everybody's concerned, and you're just a nuisance. Now, what can you do about that?
0: I gave up Danny on account of you. I helped him work on the book. Then I stepped all over him and swore you wrote it. And why? Because you said you and I was going places together.
1: You gave official testimony. You can't perjure yourself. You were up a tree, and I got you there. So what?
0: Danny's on this train. Did you know that?
1: Sure, I told him to be here. Told him I'd pay off.
0: But me, I don't get a nickel.
1: Not a cent. Besides, quit chasing me around. You annoy me.
0: You don't really mean that. You used to like me so much. Ah,
1: embarrassing. Uh, we better stop eavesdropping, Mrs. Mullet. Why, not
0: in your life. Just when it's getting interesting. Let go of
1: me. You're getting that cheap powder all over my shoulders.
0: Don't you feel like kissing me? Good night. Get out. You make me sick. You don't want no part of me, huh? I get no money, no nothing. Okay. We'll see who wins the last round. Oh,
1: hang up, will you? I want to go to bed.
0: Mm, When I get finished with you, they'll put you to bed with a shovel. Uh,
1: Mrs. Mullett, that's hardly the sort of idyllic conversation to make a nice lullaby.
0: Well, I suppose you're right. Well, good night, Mr. Witherall.
1: Good night, Mrs. Mullett. See you in the morning.
0: I don't like this train at all. Hmm? People threatening each other. Then back there in that baggage car, that coffin. I can feel something horrible's going to happen. Something that'd freeze your blood in your veins. Duck, duck. Good night, Mr. Witherall. Pleasant dreams. Good night.
3: Wake up, Mrs. It's 2.30 a.m. Coming into Cleveland. Wake up.
1: George. Huh?
3: Oh, uh, yes,
1: sir. George, it may be necessary to wake my fellow passenger in the next compartment there, but uh, could you do it with a shade less violence? I've been trying
3: desperately to fall asleep. Well, he's going to miss Cleveland. I've got to get him up.
1: Yes, but all you have to do is to wake one man. You're not supposed to blitzkrieg the train.
3: He paid me five dollars to make sure he gets off of Cleveland. I practically broke down this compartment door, but I can't get him up.
1: Well, keep trying. The lucky fellow's probably a heavy sleeper. Good night.
3: Good night, sir. Sleep well. Oh, uh, uh I'll do it real gentle.
1: Wake up in there. Here comes Cleveland. George, why don't you open his door and go in? Then? Oh, it
3: ain't right. I'm not supposed to do that.
1: Well, if you're going to continue your present tactics, would you please get something for me?
3: Why, yes. Sir. What? A
1: small bottle of ether. Oh,
3: uh, I guess I'd better go in. It's the only way. Yes. Now I can get some sleep, I hope. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Oh, oh he's... Oh, my, my, my. Conductor. Yes, what's Conductor! wrong, George? Mr. Oh, man. Oh. The fellow in the uh, compartment 60. Oh, my, my, my. Oh. What is
1: it? What is it? That man's dead. I, I'll get my bottle. Dead, Yes, eh? D-A-I-D. Dead. Well, I hope your medical diagnosis is better than your spelling.
0: What oh, happened, Mr. Winterall?
1: George says the passenger in the compartment between us is dead. Yeah, go
3: on in. you see.
0: I knew it. I told her there'd be trouble.
1: Well, let's see. Come into the compartment. Mm-hmm. He's dead, all right, no matter how you spell it.
3: Well, who is he? Yeah, I don't know.
1: Hey,
3: that's funny. This man looks different to me. Different, George? Uh-huh.
1: Well, uh huh. Well, all men's faces change a little when they die for the better.
3: Yeah, I suppose so. Of course, I never did see him so good anyway. Now, watch out, George. The old passenger in six. He's dead.
1: Yes. He who's this fellow? I believe the phrase is an innocent bystander conductor. My name is Leonidas Witherall. Anybody to know the name of the dead man? Mm, evidently not. All right, I'll wire the police at our next stop. They can take over from there. Now let's look around and see who this fellow is.
0: Well you should let Mr. Witherall take charge. He's used to solving murders.
1: How do you know this man was murdered?
0: Oh, when Mr. Witherall's around, practically everybody gets murdered uh, after a while.
1: We don't, Mrs. Mullett. Uh, don't exaggerate. All right, folks, everybody go back to bed. You're going to be holding your teacher's convention in this compartment. Say, why not I let Mr. Witherall take charge? Yeah, sure. We
2: all know him. Yeah, he's yeah. sort of a detective.
1: You Are know. you a detective, mister? You with a beard? Officially, no. Uh, occasionally, by an odd and unpredictable series of circumstances, yes. I, uh, serious, okay. So you're a detective. Well, get going. Maybe you can help find out who this dead man is.
3: Well, uh, here's his wallet in his hands. Uh His name's Thomas Bridges, 147 Mandalay Boulevard, Boston. Well,
0: Here it is, cold. It's a ticket. A return ticket from Chicago.
1: Chicago? Well, that's strange. Uh... So it
0: is. Well, why is it strange? We're going to Chicago, aren't
1: we? Yes, but this man asked George to get him off at Cleveland. I think oh. he really was bumped off, Mr. Witherall? Well, there are no signs of violence, Conductor. Uh,
4: Mr. Witherall, I just
1: heard. Isn't it too shocking? Oh, yes, Mr. Lear, very unfortunate. A mm, heart attack, probably. Probably. Some people will disobey M.N. M.N.
4: Mother Nature. Yes? They strain themselves so. Oh,
1: okay, Q.E.D. Who's been
4: hurt?
1: Uh, this gentleman on the bed, he's uh, dead.
0: Well, that's not... Why, why that...
1: Thomas Bridges?
0: Yeah. Yeah, Bridges. Did you know him? We met in the diner. And what's your name? Margie. Margie McIntosh.
1: That guy, I think it'd be best if we all went back to sleep. When the police come, we can find out exactly what's happened. Good idea. Well, pleasant dream. Oh, uh, excuse me, but could you tell me what's happened? Hey, what are you poking around for, mister? Well, I, uh, I'm a writer. I, I sometimes do newspaper work. My name's Randolph. Danny Randolph. man named Bridges just kicked off. Oh, I see. Well, look, could I just take a look and see? Did you say his name was Bridges? That's right. Uh, we'll tell you if anything exciting develops after the police arrive, Mr. Randolph. Well, I'd appreciate it. I'm down in car 12. I'd like to know everything that happens. Uh-huh. Break it up, folks. Everybody back where you belong. I'll turn out the light, Mr. and Close the door.
4: Uh-huh. Yes, well, I, well I, I'll, uh, I'll be in the next car if you need
1: me. Oh, thank you, Mr. Lear.
4: So will I. But I don't think
1: I can help much. Well, you never can tell. Oh, good night, Miss McIntyre. Don't forget to tell me when the police come. Keep me up to the second. Oh, certainly, Mr. Randolph. I'll be in car seven if you want me, Mr. Witherall. All right, conductor.
0: Well, I guess I'll be going back to my compartment.
1: Don't go to your compartment. Why? We've got some work to do about the dead man.
0: Now, don't tell me you're going to go sticking your nose into this. You know, every time you get mixed up in a murder, somebody tries to strangle you.
1: Wait till the car quiets down. Won't take a second. Then we'll sneak into compartment six.
0: What for?
1: Well, I've been thinking of George's remark that the gentleman in the compartment looked different.
0: Oh.
1: Also, the fact that the original passenger in number six wanted to get off at Cleveland. And the dead man has a return ticket from Chicago.
0: Did you say the original passenger?
1: Yes, the corpse in six isn't the man who belongs there at all. I think someone else was there originally, eh?
0: How can you be sure? Well,
1: in going through his trunk, I noticed that although it was equipped with a splendid wardrobe, the uh, pajamas were missing. They weren't anywhere in the room. You see, uh, the man who slept in there first must have been wearing them. Ah, the passage is empty, and the conductors obligingly lowered the lights. Come on now. All right. Here's the door. Come in very quietly.
0: What are you going to do? Shut
1: the door. That's it. Now hand me those bedroom slippers on the floor. Here you are. Thank you. I just tried them on this man. Uh, wait, I'll, I'll get the shoes off first. There. Now, you see?
0: They don't fit.
1: Right. This compartment doesn't belong to Mr. Bridges at all. Where? It belongs to someone else. Someone who's wearing pajamas. Someone who undoubtedly has been murdered.
0: Well, who wears the jeans?
1: Well, uh, where would you look for a dead body, Mrs. Muller? In a coffin. Hmm, clever of you.
0: In a coffin? You mean...
1: That the real murdered man is in the baggage car. In the coffin, brought here during the funeral. Logical, isn't it? Come oh. on.
0: You're not going to the baggage car, are I you? I certainly
1: am. Now, someone's guarding that coffin. It's law. So we'll have to dispose of him. Then we can go ahead.
0: Go ahead with what?
1: We can go ahead and uh, open the coffin.
0: Yes, we can go ahead and open the... <gasps> Mr. Witherall See? Peek through this little glass in the door The man's in there sitting right beside the coffin Miss
1: Mullet, I'll speak to him And you stand uh, casually beside him Then when I nod, you hit him on the head Use anything you see Grappling hook, hammer, heavy package, anything
0: Mm -hmm. That's easy
1: Then we'll open the coffin
0: Uh Uh-uh, that's hard Oh, let's
1: go I'll open the door. Hello. Hello. Hey.
2: Don't I know you? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, you look like. Uh, what's the name of that bird?
1: Uh, not bird. Bard. Shakespeare. Yeah, that's the bird. Uh, then you're acquainted with him, eh?
2: Oh, sure. Not personal. I read uh, two of his plays uh, Romeo and Juliet. Two? Who's the dame? What's that? Uh, Mrs. Mullett, meet. Uh, uh,
1: what's the bird?
2: Uh, oh, uh, my name's Benny. Mm-hmm. Hiya. Hey, what are you two doing back here?
1: Oh, we got restless walked through the train and found ourselves back here. Who? Oh, guarding that coffin, eh, Benny?
2: Yeah. Why don't you sit down on the six-foot bungalow there and we'll split the breeze. You know, I got a great acquaintance with the works of Shakespeare. A lot of his stuff's been uh, dramatized, you know. Oh, no, you don't say. Yeah, I know all about it. All about his tragedies and comedies and errors.
1: Say, anything happened tonight while you were watching the coffin, Benny?
2: Huh? Nah.
1: Will anyone speak to you tonight? Any strangers? Nah, I don't know any. Mm-hmm.
2: I just squat here watching after my boyfriend in the fine overcoat. No. Had a nice idea for him, too. You know what? I wanted to put one of them pretty flower horseshoes on the box. You know, the ones that say success?
1: Uh, Benny, uh, there's been a murder on this train. Kind of a night. What? And uh, I'm investigating it. You are? You are? You're very much in the way. Now, Mrs. Mullet. I'll get him. Tell you, Midsummer Night's Dream. Ah. I I'll hide, Benny, behind these mailbags.
0: Here, I'll help you.
1: Fine. Now I'll take this grappling hook and get at that coffin.
0: Do you have to do that?
1: There's no time to be nervous. (laughs) Got this side up. Now, the other that we nailed this down hard.
0: Oh, it's very bad luck to open a coffin. There's no telling what's inside. Are you sure you have to do that?
1: Now I can pick up the whole lid. Ready, Mrs. Mullet?
0: Well, I'm as ready as I ever will be. Oh,
1: don't behave so foolishly. Coffins have been opened before. Body snatchers do it regularly.
0: Well, not when I was around. Oh, so here goes. Why, it's a man in pajamas. He's been stabbed.
1: Just as I thought. Someone stabbed this man during the middle of the night. Then exchanged his dead body for the corpse in this coffin. They switched it, you see, with Bridges' body.
0: But why would they do that?
1: Cover up. This chap, whoever he is, would disappear completely, you see. He was last seen boarding this train and then vanished as if by magic. Uh, By the time his friends or relatives discovered anything was wrong, he would have been buried in this coffin.
0: Well, what would happen to Bridges?
1: Well, I'm sure Mr. Bridges was selected because he's the type of man nobody would be looking for. Oh. Bridges' death would be discovered by the coroner as a heart attack, which it probably was. And that would clear the killer completely, you see. Now, our first problem is, who is this man? And secondly, who played checkers with the two cadavers?
0: I will bet that Benny over there knows. Then
1: we'd better revive him.
0: Wait. Look down the corridor. What? Someone's coming. It's that newspaper man, Danny Randolph.
1: Quick. Hide behind these mail sacks. Duck behind here with me.
0: All right. Is this all right? you think they can see us?
1: No, no, this is fine.
0: Do you see the open coffin? That's
1: just what I want.
0: Shh. Holy smokes. Margie, what are you doing here? Shut up. Not so loud. You notice the same thing, huh? The wrong guy in Sparrow's compartment.
1: Yeah, I figured somebody pulled a switch. There he is. See him? In the coffin?
0: Yeah. I'll bet you can explain how it happened. Are you crazy? And it's not when I saw that stiff in Sparrows' place. How'd you ever manage it? you sap. You don't think I stabbed him, do you? Why not? He double-crossed you. How about you? You really wrote the big shot. Sparrow stole it from you.
4: I
1: was going to collect from him on this train tonight. You don't think I'd knife him and lose the dough, would you?
0: Well, maybe he was a big boy himself. He'd do anything to keep that book from being published.
1: Uh, it might have been his royal highness, Yeah. Maybe that... I
0: could make things very hot for you, Danny. I could shoot my mouth off about Sparrow taking your book. That'd give you a terrific motive.
1: Yeah, and I could tell a cute Leon about how you got to swear he wrote it. And then told you to go jump in a drink.
0: We don't have to be nasty to each other, Danny. We could be friends again. I've always been kind of sorry we broke up. Haven't you?
1: First you had me, and then you cashed me in for Sparrow. Now he's gone, you, you figure you'll take me back. <laughs> You're a high-class twist, ain't you? I'll
0: keep quiet. We can take up where we left off.
1: Yeah, sure. I could trust you.
0: Wanna kiss and make up?
1: So you can get the dough from the book, huh? Go on, scram, before I push your face in. But, oh, Danny... I'm getting out of here. This guy's no place to be with spiraline in that coffin. Wait, Danny... Let me alone and keep
0: your trap shut. Danny, come back! Danny, Quite
1: a girl, ain't she? Yes, a charming twist. Um,
0: do you think she killed Sparrow? Or did Danny
1: do it? Uh, you've forgotten the suggestion Danny made himself. Maybe it was the gentleman they called the Big Shot who's about to be exposed by that book.
0: Well, how can you find out who it was?
1: Well, it seems rather simple to me, since this is all because of the manuscript of a book. Whoever has that script is the killer. We'll have to search for it in their births, in Margie's, Danny's, and
0: Well, Dan. how? you search the Big Shot? She don't know who he is.
1: At least I can eliminate the first two. Uh, Mrs. Mullet, uh, how's your scream these days?
0: Well, after seeing you open that coffin, should be very good.
1: Well, I want you to stand at one end of that car up front and scream for all your work. All right. Then lead everyone on a merry chase all through the train. I want about three or four minutes of confusion to examine Margie's and Danny's luggage.
0: Suppose the manuscript ain't there. Then
1: we know the big shot did the killing and we we'll would have to find him. Let's go up front. All right. Leave Benny there. He seems to be resting so peacefully, uh, probably dreaming about those two plays, Romeo and Juliet. Uh, Come on. Uh, Ready, Mrs. Mullet?
0: Ready, Mr. Whittemore. Go on. Well, I kept them all chasing me for five minutes find the manuscript, Mr. Witherall? Yes,
1: I did, and I left it where I found it, too. Who had it? It was in... Here's the station, Mr. Witherall. Police will come on. We can get to the bottom of this now.
0: I'm so glad the police are here. I was getting so
1: upset. Yes, I imagine this has been quite a strain for you, Miss Twist. What? Uh, uh, big pardon, Miss uh, McIntosh.
0: What do you mean? Uh, cops will be coming on now,
1: huh? Yeah, Mr. Randolph. Everybody stay right here.
4: Oh, I'm so glad we'll know if anything suspicious is going on. I couldn't sleep thinking about this. Couldn't sleep at all. And that's so bad. Suspense causes an unfavorable uh, uh, glandular
2: reaction. Uh,
1: Page Mother Nature, Mr. Uh, Lear. Oh,
2: oh, my head. I ought to have a doctor. I ought to insult a physician. Why, Benny. Ah, oh,
1: there you are, huh? Hey, listen, what's the idea, Bob? I'm uh, and... just going to discuss the whole problem, Benny. I see down by the end of the car there that the police have arrived. Police? Yeah. Come on down here, officer. Okay. Okay. Where's the body you are worried about? Right in there, Compartment 6. It's a man named Bridges. Officer, I think I can explain what's happened. Who are you?
0: He's Leonidas Witherall, head of Meredith Academy. Mr. Witherall's a very good detective. Oh,
1: I'm not a professional detective, but I can tell you about the murder that's taking place. Murder?
0: Was Bridges murdered?
1: No, uh, his body was secured somewhere so that a false funeral might be arranged and uh, his body in the coffin might be placed on this train. The murdered man was named Sparrow. Sparrow originally occupied this compartment. (laughs) Shakespeare nothing. Sherlock Holmes. I'm glad you spoke up, Benny. Benny was a part of the plan, obviously. He was working for a man identified only as the uh, Big Shot. To keep Sparrow from printing a book about his activities, this Big Shot hired Benny to kill Sparrow, steal the manuscript, and switch the bodies.
0: Sparrow's body's in the baggage car, officer. With a long knife in the side, I saw it.
1: So, Benny... I didn't stab no Sparrow. I know you didn't, Benny, because you haven't got the manuscript in question. I found the script in the real murderer's luggage.
4: Whose luggage was it?
1: When Benny arrived at compartment six, someone had already put a knife into Sparrow, but Benny, faithfully executing his orders, switched the bodies anyway. Where'd
0: you find the manuscript?
1: Now, Benny's error helped the murderer considerably. Sparrow had disappeared. No one would ever know where he'd gone. Come
0: on, come on, where'd you find the script?
1: Now, that's the key to the whole problem, isn't it, Margie? Who has it? Yes, who done this? Come on, if you're such a detective.
0: Tell us, Mr. All tell us. Well, go on, go
1: on. I found it. In Danny's briefcase. You what? It was in your briefcase, Danny. You killed Sparrow. Don't try to get off this train, Danny. You make a dive for that platform, I'll put six slugs in your back. Danny, you did do it. And he stole my book. I would have made a fortune out of it. And tonight, in his compartment, he, he wouldn't pay off. We had a fight. Well, there was a knife on the table. We both went for it. And I won. That's all. I risked my life to write that book. I wouldn't let any man live who took it away from me. And least of all, Sparrow, the skunk the skunk. Oh, your biological background is uh, deplorable, Danny. Deplorable. We'll take both bodies off. You come with me, Danny.
4: Uh, well, Mr. Withere, that was excellent. Excellent. You've a brilliant mind. Uh, you must lead a very clean, helpful life.
1: Yes, Mr. Lear. And I wish you did, too. What do you mean? Mr. Lear, when I saw the manuscript in Danny's briefcase, I glanced for a second at a few pages. I learned who this national criminal is. The big shot. The man who hired Benny and arranged the funeral. Oh,
4: sneaking, crummy busybody. I can't. It was, a... uh,
1: this guy.
0: It was Mr. Lear. This nice little man with the
1: butterflies. Yes, this nice little man is the big shot. You'd better take him with you, too, officer. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Another crook. Boy, it's going to take a lot of blue points to get all these people out of the can. All right, let's go, Daddy. Come on, you.
1: I'm coming, I'm
4: coming.
2: Quit shoving copper. I can walk on my
1: own. No, conductor, I think we can continue on our way to Chicago and the convention. It'll seem so anticlimactic now, I suppose. Everybody go back to your berths. As soon as we get the bodies off, we'll leave. And I go to sleep at last. Oh, uh, sleep, I'm so tired. So tired, as the gentleman I'm supposed to resemble has written. Sleep that lits up the raveled sleeve of care. Shut the doors! The death of each day's life, sore labor's bath. I'll
0: fix that mattress, mister.
1: Balm of hurt minds, great nature's second course... <laughs>
0: into an upper bird.
1: Chief nourisher in life's feast.
0: Sleep. Sleep. Yeah.
1: W.O.R. has presented the distinguished American actor, Walter Hamden, in The Adventures of Leonidas Witherall. Mrs. Mullet is played by Ethel Ramey. The character of Leonidas Witherall is from the mystery novels by Alice Tilton. The radio script is by Howard Merrill, and the program is directed by Roger Barr. Witherell's involved in a history-making event next week, isn't he, Mr. Hamden? Yes, the next week's story is about that miraculous and infinitely rare event, a nylon sale. It's a delightful and very exciting adventure in homicide, and I hope you'll be listening next Sunday at 7. Now, good night. Listen again next Sunday at 7 p.m. for Walter Hamden in The Adventures of Leonidas Witherell. This program came to you from the studios of WOR in New York. This is Mutual.